Hello, Fire Nation, and welcome to our holiday bonus episode, Podcast Launch. This episode is our 2013 holiday gift to you, Fire Nation, and we hope you enjoy. This gift is one hour and 40 minutes long, and it consists of yours truly reading Podcast Launch, the number one ranked book in Amazon on podcasting. I released this book in the Amazon store back in February of 2013 and just released an updated version in December of 2013. So it has all the latest and greatest stuff. And I wanted to spread some holiday cheer with this gift and I truly hope you enjoy. On behalf of the Entrepreneur on Fire team, happy holidays, Fire Nation. All right, you podcast launchers, let's go through the table of contents. Chapter one is where to start. Chapter two is equipment. Chapter three is recording and editing your audio. Chapter four, intros and outros. Chapter five, tagging, uploading, and embedding your MP3. Chapter six, submitting your podcast to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and BlackBerry. Chapter seven, podcast launch strategy. Chapter eight, building your audience. Chapter nine, monetizing. Cha-ching. Chapter 10, conclusion. Note from author. Hello, fellow and or future podcaster. John Lee Doom is here, founder and host of the top-ranked business podcast, Entrepreneur on Fire. This book will guide you through the creation, growth, and monetization of your podcast, and I could not be more excited for you. Let me take a second to share with you a little more about Entrepreneur on Fire, as I'm sure it'll get you fired up. Entrepreneur on Fire generates over 450,000 unique downloads a month with a lineup of Seth Godin, Tim Ferriss, Barbara Corcoran, Gary Vaynerchuk, Chris Brogan, and over 500 others. Entrepreneur on Fire is a daily interview show that shares the journey of our guests, their failures, aha moments, successes, and of course, tips, tools, and tactics. Entrepreneur on Fire, the business, generates around six figures a month, and every single penny of that income stems from the creation of this podcast in September of 2012. For a more detailed summary of our income reports, check out eofire.com slash income. On a monthly basis, we share our successes, failures, tips, tools, and tactics, and it is our hope that you can use these reports to emulate our successes as well as avoid our failures, and there are plenty of both. In Podcast Launch, I will share my journey of turning an idea into a red-hot podcast that inspires thousands of people daily and has been downloaded millions of times in over 145 countries. It started with an aha moment, and passion has guided me ever since. Podcast Launch will provide you with a complete guide of launching your podcast. When you are ready to take things to the next level, Podcaster's Paradise is waiting for you. Podcasters Paradise is the podcasting community where you can learn how to create, grow, and monetize your podcast. Podcasters Paradise is made up of three components, 100 plus video tutorials. Our ever-evolving library of video tutorials are for the beginner, intermediate, and expert podcaster on their quest to create, grow, and monetize their podcast. Thriving Forum. 
Podcasters Paradise is a community of over 300 podcasters and growing daily. Nothing is more important than building relationships with other podcasters. And the Podcasters Paradise Forum is the place to do so. Exchange honest reviews, find guests for your shows, find shows to be guests on, practice your interview skills, and receive feedback, tips, tools, tactics galore. Monthly webinars with today's top podcasters is the third and final component. Join us as we have today's top podcasters such as Amy Porterfield and Pat Flynn jump on our exclusive monthly webinar calls. We have a blast and record every webinar and place them in Podcasters Paradise membership site so you can watch live or later at your leisure. Podcasters Paradise is truly a revolutionary community, and we would love for you to join us. There is no recurring fee to join, just a one-time payment for lifetime membership. Create, grow, and monetize your podcast today. Preface. So you're thinking about launching a podcast. Good idea. Seriously, though, podcasting has exploded for a number of reasons, which I'm about to unveil in this preface. Remember, the purchase of podcast launch gives you access to multiple video tutorials that I've created just for you. You'll be able to access each and every one with your purchase. I am truly excited for you to begin your journey. So let's dive right in. Prepare to ignite. And guys, podcastlaunchvideos.com is a site where all the video tutorials live. I'll be mentioning this throughout the audiobook, but again, podcastlaunchvideos.com. The podcasting explosion. There are many reasons why podcasting is experiencing such incredible growth. Below are 10 reasons I find most compelling in no particular order. One, offers on-demand, passionate, and targeted content. If you are like millions of other people in this world, you spend a certain portion of your day doing activities that do not involve interacting with other people. It may be while you're driving to work, on a morning jog, walking your dog, on an airplane, or any number of other things. Let's be honest, the human mind likes to be occupied during these times. And if you're anything like me, then you want to be occupied with content that matters. How many times can we bop our heads to a Miley Cyrus song that comes to the FM dial every fifth song before we start craving something a little more relevant? How many times have we asked ourselves, do radio stations conspire to all have commercials on at the same time? What if we could walk out the door in the morning excited about our morning commute? With podcasts, we can be. Let's use a random example to illustrate my point. Sally is 42 years old, lives in upstate New York, and commutes 45 minutes to work at a greenhouse where she happily spends the next eight hours of her day doing something she loves, gardening. Sally also has three kids, all teenagers, and they're quite demanding to say the least. Her free time at home is a percentage point below zero, and sometimes that bothers her. You see, Sally loves all things plant-related, and if it were up to her, she'd be studying and learning about gardens with every spare moment she has. But while she's at work, she's dealing with customers and administrative duties all day. And that leaves her no time to approve upon her craft. She knows there are so many things she could be educating herself about if she only had the time. But as soon as Sally's head hits the pillow at night, she has about two minutes before it's good night, Sally. Before she knows it, Sally has been on the same Better Homes and Gardens page for three weeks. 
Sally also slightly resents her 45-minute drive to work each day. It's long, it's boring, she gets nothing accomplished. Over a coffee break one day, her coworker Vanessa mentions that she's been listening to a podcast called Griselda the Green Thumb. What's a podcast, Sally asks in honest bewilderment. Five minutes later, Sally can't wait to get home and load her iPod full of this free targeted content about a subject that she so loves. The next morning, Sally jumps in her car, and before she even turns on her seat heater, she has episode one pumping through her eight speakers. 45 joyful minutes later, Sally is letting her car idle in the parking lot so she can scribble down some notes about petunias and daisies. Sally has discovered the wonderful world of podcasting, and her car rides, walks, and workout sessions will never be the same. Two, it's free. When you listen to podcasts, you're hearing from experts who are dispensing advice and sharing insights in what feels like a one-on-one session. Were this truly the case, it would cost you thousands of dollars every time you listen to one. Podcast hosts and interviewees can afford, both literally and figuratively, to give away this incredible advice for free because they are reaching hundreds, if not thousands, of eager ears, allowing them to become authority figures to a huge audience who is growing to know, like, and trust them. As the content continues to be dispensed, the audience continues to grow because they are getting great, actionable, highly valued content for free. A veritable win-win. Accessible from smartphones is number three. Do you know anyone these days who is active in the online world, but who doesn't have a smartphone? Even BlackBerry made sure to include a podcast app in their latest device. Smartphones, 4G networks, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio have allowed people around the world to consume streaming online content with a swipe of a finger. With this computer in my pocket, downloading and or streaming podcasts has never been easier, and my little white earbuds have never been so tangled. Four, readily available on tablets. Okay, when my 88-year-old grandmother told me her most favorite possession in the world was her iPad, I realized that we have now entered a new era. We are seldom out of reach from a screen that allows us to connect in an instant. Thanks to FaceTime, I see my cousin's face way more than I see my next-door neighbor's face, despite my neighbor living 12 feet away and my cousin more than 3,000 miles. Also, I'm always just one swipe away from seeing if any of my favorite podcasts have just released a new episode, and it's like Christmas morning when they have. Five, at your fingertips, thanks to Wi-Fi. We live in a world that does not tether us to a cord in a square-shaped hole in the wall. We live in a world where we can connect to some crazy airways that allow us to zip around to any place our heart desires on the World Wide Web. Whether we are 30,000 feet in the air or within a baseball's throw of an internet cafe in Zanzibar, once we are connected, hello, Dolly. Six, provides the opportunity for an intimate connection. Words on a page are black, white, and cold. Podcasts allow for a connection that is nothing short of intimate. I cannot tell you how many people have emailed me with variations of the phrase, John, although we have not met, I feel as though we are close friends. Do you think bloggers get that kind of email often? Nope. As podcasters, you have the ability to literally be inside the ears of your listeners. That kind of trust and intimacy that is built out over time with this type of medium creates a very strong bond. As a trusted advisor and friend, be sure you honor that bond with genuine recommendations, suggestions, and direction. Seven, 
gives you instant authority and credibility. Let's be honest. I am nowhere near the ranks of Barbara Corcoran, Seth Godin, Gary Vaynerchuk, or Tim Ferriss, or many other of these successful entrepreneurs I have had the distinct honor of speaking one-on-one with on Entrepreneur on Fire. However, like most things in life, we are guilty by association. My status is automatically elevated because of the quality of my guests. The fact that they deem it worthwhile to bestow upon me, a mere mortal, several minutes of their precious time speaks volumes to my audience, whom I dearly refer to as Fire Nation. Barbara Corcoran is a great example of this. Back on December 28th, 2012, Barbara spent 45 minutes of her time on Entrepreneur on Fire. She did so with the realization that her message would be heard by thousands of listeners for years to come. If I had just asked Barbara to chat one-on-one with me for 45 minutes, I am sure I would have received a curt but kind, no, but thank you, John, from her assistant. When you work hard to create a show that has a large and engaged audience, you too will have access to experts in your industry who simply don't have the time to share their expertise and knowledge with people on a one-on-one basis. Number eight, affords you a broad reach. 14 days after I launched Entrepreneur on Fire, I decided to take a look at my demographics. Much to my surprise, Entrepreneur on Fire had already been downloaded and subscribed to in over 100 countries around the world. 100! My reach included every country in South America, 90% of Africa, all of Europe, and other parts of the globe. Some of my favorite emails are from people admitting to using Google Translate before emailing me as their understanding of English is much better than their written word. It is incredible to picture young entrepreneurs in rural towns and in third world countries downloading Entrepreneur on Fire at one of the local internet cafes, then staying up late at night listening to episodes over and over. I hear firsthand every day of how Entrepreneur on Fire is helping people all over the world find their dreams that they never would have had exist prior to listening to a show like Entrepreneur on Fire. The potential reach that you have with a podcast is only limited to the four corners of the earth. Never before has one microphone yielded so much power, and it's time to light at the airwaves. Number nine, delivers amazing statistics. You are only as good as you can prove you are, especially when it comes to podcasting. How can you prove you are worth the precious time it takes a busy entrepreneur to come on your show and share their life story? How can you prove to yourself that you are reaching enough people to make it worth your time expenditure? Well, my friends, this is yet another reason why podcasting is so powerful. Does anyone really know how many people are listening to a certain radio station at any given time or actually watching a specific TV station? Not really. However, with podcasts, you can measure the exact number of downloads with extreme accuracy. As you can imagine, this is very valuable information. Actual numbers that we can use to base some pretty solid assumptions off of. Do I hold any illusions of grandeur that every one of my 450,000 downloads a month is listened to in its entirety? No, but I do... But I do know that I can measure the growth of my audience and make some pretty solid estimates. Stitcher Radio even measures the amount of time someone listens to your podcast. So you can study patterns of how long is too long, how short is too short. These statistics are very valuable and I use them to promote Entrepreneur on Fire all the time. Here's a snippet from an email I send out to potential interviewees. 
Joe, we would be thrilled to have you as a guest on our show, Entrepreneur on Fire, a top-ranked business podcast averaging over 450,000 unique downloads every month in over 145 countries. We understand you have a very busy schedule, and that's why we've developed an efficient 30-minute audio interview over Skype. We have an awesome lineup thus far, including Seth Godin, Gary Vaynerchuk, Barbara Corcoran, Guy Kawasaki, Chris Brogan, Eric Reese, Tim Ferriss, just to name a few. Do you think most entrepreneurs who receive that email find 30 minutes in their schedule to be interviewed? <laughs> yes. The same goes for potential sponsors and advertisers. Statistics provide and measure value, and podcasts have one of the most accurate measuring tools out there. For that, we should all be grateful. Number 10, the ability to monetize. As I mentioned in the note from author section, Entrepreneur on Fire has found many ways to monetize. We have multiple five-figure monthly income streams, all of which add up to around six figures every month, which we share in detail here at eofire.com slash income. Entrepreneur on Fire generates over $30,000 every month on sponsorships alone, and I share some great insider information on podcast sponsorships on a detailed post that I wrote, eofire.com slash podcast sponsorships. Affiliate income, mentoring, product services, and masterminds are just a few other ways we monetize the audience that we've created at Entrepreneur on Fire. And Podcasters Paradise is the place where we offer all the tutorials on how you can create the same. My journey. In this section, I will share my journey and bring you full circle on how Entrepreneur on Fire came to be. If this is of no interest to you, please skip ahead to chapter one and dive right into the creation process of your podcast. No hard feelings. I grew up in a small town in Southern Maine, and at 18, I headed to Providence College in Rhode Island on a ROTC scholarship. After four years of embracing the college lifestyle and training hard as an Army cadet, I was commissioned as a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army. The year was 2002, and we were the first officers commissioned post 9-11, meaning we all knew that we had some serious business ahead of us. After training in Washington, Kentucky, and Kansas, I was off to the desert with the 1st Infantry Division as an armor platoon leader, tanks, in charge of 16 men and equipment to boot. We spent 13 months in Iraq, where we fought insurgents, built schools, water treatment facilities, and helped train the new Iraqi army. 13 months later, our tour of duty was over, but let us never forget the American heroes who gave the ultimate sacrifice while serving the USA. I spent the rest of my active duty time in Fort Riley, Kansas, and in 2006, I entered the reserves. At that moment in time, I was as free as I had ever been. 26 years old, plenty of savings, no responsibilities, minus myself, and looking for adventure. Over the next three years, my journey consisted of a, of a variety of things. I started off with a four-month stay in Guatemala, living with a family and taking in the culture. Then I spent a semester in law school where I learned a lot, but mostly that law school was not the path for me. After that, I took a job in finance with John Hancock in Boston, and I spent a great 18 months living in a city that I loved with great friends and a job that was exciting for a time. Next, it was off to the Big Apple, New York City, to give it a go with a tech startup. 
I loved living in New York City, but the job itself never materialized into what I was hoping for. So I heeded the call to the Gold Coast. I took off for San Diego in 2009 with no job and no friends awaiting me. What was waiting for me was a 325 square foot studio located two blocks from the Pacific Ocean. Soon enough, I fell into a great real estate gig and I found myself with a group of friends who knew how to take advantage of the warm weather and the relaxed environ. After a wonderful 18-month stint in SoCal, I was offered a potential career opportunity that at the age of 31, I was pretty excited to take. This opportunity was way across the country in, in my home state of Maine, a place that I had left 13 years prior when I left for college. I was being offered a position as a cur- at a commercial real estate firm, one that came with a partnership track if I worked hard and was successful. I knew it was time to get serious about where my professional life was heading, so I jumped at the opportunity, and in June of 2011, I joined the Dunham Group based out of Portland, Maine. I spent the next year hard at work, immersing myself in all the differences I found between residential real estate in San Diego and commercial real estate in Maine. I truly learned a lot, and I believe that if I had been born 20 years earlier, I would have found a great career in commercial real estate. However, we live in very exciting times. And by June of 2012, I realized there was way too much out there that I wanted to explore to stay in my current role. Fortified by Chris Gillenbo's The $100 Startup and a trip to Blog World in New York City, I was ready to make the break into the exciting and terrifying world of entrepreneurship. The birth of Entrepreneur on Fire. Let me take you back to San Diego for a moment so I can share with you how my love affair with podcasting began. My job in residential real estate required that I spend a lot of time in a car. I was oftentimes driving the length of San Diego County daily. I soon grew incredibly tired of hearing the same old songs on the radio. And when I tried to make the switch to talk radio, the the randomness of it all and the long commercials simply killed me. I had to find something else quick, and it was not my scratched version of Jock Jams circa 1995. One morning, while I was bemoaning this annoyance to my neighbor and friend Susan, she looked at me quizzically and asked, why don't you download some podcasts? I looked at Susan just as quizzically and asked, say what? 30 minutes later, I was excitedly browsing through a brand new world of incredibly on-demand, passionate, and targeted content. Oh, and did I mention this stuff is free? From that moment, I was a podcasting fool and would not leave my apartment without an iPod chock full of great episodes. I started with the big boys, Dave Ramsey, Wall Street Journal, APM Marketplace. They all filled my now energized car rides. I was finally in control of content that was playing through my car speakers and I never missed a word with that blessed play pause button. As I continued to delve deeper into podcasts, I began to fall in love with shows that held a little more personal flavor. Soon, Mixer G, The Rise to the Top, and Smart Passive Income were replacing the corporate and impersonal podcasts. Andrew Warner, Davis Eitman Garland, Pat Flynn, and others soon became a voice that I grew to know, like, and trust. They became pseudo-friends, and their banter kept my drives interesting and lively. The years went by, but my love for these podcasts never withered. I took this love with me on my cross-country move, and the familiar voices were now with me on the country roads of Maine. I began to crave episodes where the host interviewed a successful and inspiring entrepreneur. 
I loved hearing their journeys and I couldn't get enough. I was consuming these types of episodes much faster than they were being produced. Most podcasts air once a week and I was flying through years of content in mere months. I needed more and it just wasn't out there. It was on a drive late one night when I was still far away from my destination, stuck in traffic, that my aha moment happened. A light bulb bright enough to engulf the dark roadway popped into my head. One great podcast ended, and when I clicked next, there was nothing. I was out of podcasts, no moss, and I knew that my favorite podcasters had schedules, and I knew those schedules by heart. None were being published for days, and I had some serious miles ahead of me. What was I going to do? Go back to radio? No. I had promised myself I would never fall back into Miley's warm embrace. It was then that I realized there must be others out there, others like me who drove alone or hit the gym daily. There must be others who want, no, need fresh content on a daily basis. This podcast I had dreamed up in my mind did not exist. And in a moment of clarity, I knew I was going to be the one to create it. I was going to create a podcast that released a fresh episode every single day. It was at that moment the spark was lit. It was at that moment Entrepreneur on Fire was born. Building the platform. Finally, at 32 years old, I had found my passion that I could truly call my own. It was in June of 2012 that I made the decision to step away from commercial real estate after a year in the business and fully commit my time, energy, and drive into my newly minted company, Entrepreneur on Fire, LLC. First things first, I knew I had to find a mentor, and I was lucky. I had to look no further than 45 minutes up the road, where coach and host of the popular podcast, eventual millionaire, Jamie Tardy, resided. I reached out to her via email and laid out exactly what I envisioned. I had no idea what her response would be, and when I saw her reply in my inbox, I held my breath and clicked open. Much to my delight and relief, the contents of her email stated that she thought my vision was an attainable, albeit demanding goal. She agreed to mentor me during the critical platform building stage, and she let me know focus number one was to attend Blog World in New York City in June of 2012 so I could rub elbows with those who would surely be my initial interviewees. So it was off to New York City in June of 2012 for my first ever conference, and I have to say, Blog World was a massive success. I walked away with verbal yeses from several entrepreneurs who turned out to be my initial interviewees. Cliff Ravenscraft, Adam Baker, David Risley, and others encouraged me to drive on with my dream, although I'm sure they thought an episode a day was a little much for a newbie to handle. When I returned to my condo in Maine, I was invigorated and immediately got to work putting the pieces together for my launch, which was to come out in a short three months. My summer of fire was intense. I put in very long hours and I learned a lot and much credit needs to go to my mentor, Jamie Tardy, who guided me every step of the way. So guys, this concludes the preface of podcast launch. Thanks for listening if you are. And from this point forward, I will walk you through exactly what I did to take Entrepreneur on Fire from an idea to a red hot podcast that is currently being downloaded at a clip of 450,000 unique downloads every month and generating around six figures in monthly income. Chapter one, identifying your podcast. 
Are you ready to start the process of creating a killer podcast? All right then, let's dive in. Note to listener, there are multiple video tutorials associated with this audiobook. Go to podcastlaunchvideos.com to access each and every one. Step one, choose a topic industry niche that you're going to focus your podcast on. With Entrepreneur on Fire, I knew who my target demographic was. I was creating a podcast for people like myself who are driving to work every day looking for entrepreneurial content to consume. Also, the active types who are at the gym five days a week with headphones on, not listening to top 40 jams, but inspiring and motivating content. I knew that Entrepreneur on Fire was going to resonate with this segment of the population. I was creating a show that would be sharing the journey of an incredible entrepreneur every day of the week. With over 450,000 unique downloads every month, I have definitely found my audience. Let me help you find yours. Task number one, what niche are you trying to fill with your podcast? The more specific you can be here, the better. Task two, who is your avatar, i.e. your perfect listener? Be specific and write down what type of person will become an avid listener of your podcast. Then focus on creating the best podcast possible from their perspective. 99% of people fall well short here. Your avatar needs to be one single person. When you create this one person, every fork you come to in the road, and there will be thousands, will be a simple decision if you really know your avatar. To check out my avatar, go to eofire.com slash about, and you can see the second video is my avatar video. Step two, audio or video. For me, this was a no-brainer since I nailed down my avatar. My avatar would not be able to watch videos while he was driving, running, or walking his dog. Audio was the obvious choice. However, video does have some legitimate pros for certain demographics and industries. Task number one, weigh both options and proceed forward with what your avatar would want. Step three, self-host or co-host. For Entrepreneur on Fire, it's not likely that I would have been able to find someone crazy enough to produce 30 podcasts a month with me. So this was an easy decision for me. However, there are some very successful podcasts, Internet Business Mastery, Tropical MBA, to name a couple, that are co-hosted and bring on guests quite often to make it a total of three people on the mic simultaneously. Task number one, weigh both options and then again, proceed forward with what your avatar would want. See how important the avatar is? Step number four, interview format or topic-based. With Entrepreneur on Fire, my vision was to share the journey of incredible entrepreneurs with the world. That made my decision of an interview format quite easy. Tim Page and I recently teamed up and launched Love Your Leap, which is a show that we co-host and we chat about relevant struggles and obstacles that entrepreneurs face. We do not bring on any guests and we just chat with each other. It's a lot of fun and very different from Entrepreneur on Fire's interview style. Task number one, weigh both options and make your decision based off what resonates best with you, the host, and what you think will resonate best with your avatar. Below is a quick breakdown of what my task look, list looked like after I completed it. Entrepreneur on fire. One, niche. 
a business podcast that interviews today's most successful and inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. My avatar is someone who's looking to fill their commute, workout, or any other time with inspiring content that will encourage them to make their entrepreneurial leap. Audio. My avatar will listen while they are occupied with other activities. Three, self-host. Who's crazy enough to do a a seven-day-a-week show with me? Four, interview. My vision is to share the journey of incredible entrepreneurs via interviews. Mission statement. Now it's time to write down your mission statement, guys. This is your true vision for your podcast. I'll give you an example of Entrepreneur on Fire's mission statement. To produce a daily podcast, interviewing the world's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs, sharing their journey, and empowering listeners to make their entrepreneurial leap. What's your mission statement? Shoot me an email at john at entrepreneuronfire.com. I would love to hear it. Congratulations, guys. Now you know the niche that you're filling, whom you are speaking to, and you have your mission statement to keep you on track. Now let's get down to the nitty gritty. Chapter two, equipment. The great opportunity with podcasting is being able to share your message with the world for an incredibly low cost. Let's go over the equipment you absolutely need and the equipment that's optional, necessary. You need a computer, a microphone, and recording software. Optional, a mixer. Yes, you are reading correctly. This is all you will need for equipment. I'm going to go through these three components and share some different price points with you. I'll also give you my opinion on where you should start off. Microphone. The free option is your built-in microphone. 99.9% of computers these days have a built-in microphone. You can definitely produce a podcast going this route by just pressing the red button in your recording software and talking at your computer. I do not recommend this option since the audio quality will be lower than podcast listeners are used to hearing, and this will definitely detract from the number of repeat listeners you have. That said, using a built-in microphone is a great option if you want to try recording a few episodes just to make sure podcasting is something you want to pursue at a higher level. Low-cost option. Logitech ClearChat USB headset, $29.99. This headset will plug right into your computer's USB port, guys, and will provide you with very decent quality, very good, in fact, hands-free microphone. This is a great way to start, and once you get the hang of things, it will be easy to upgrade to the next option. Medium cost, the Blue Microphone Snowflake USB Microphone, $40.99. This is a solid step up from the Logitech, and on the the audio quality level, in my mind, it's a no-brainer for the additional $11. This microphone also plugs into your USB port, but it's not a headset. Instead, this option offers a freestanding microphone. The high-cost option is the Heil PR40 with an XLR connection, and it actually also now comes with a USB connection. $295. This is what I use, and you simply cannot beat the audio quality that this microphone provides. It is important to note that this is not connected to your computer's USB port initially because it's connected through an XLR. You can buy a separate cable that is an XLR USB connector that will plug directly into your computer, but my setup with Entrepreneur on Fire goes into a mixer, and then the mixer goes into the computer. 
I regularly update my recommended podcast equipment at entrepreneuronfire.com slash equipment. So if you want to check out what I'm recommending today, go there. Recording software. This software allows your voice to be recorded, edited, and converted into an MP3. Free options. For Mac, GarageBand. GarageBand is a software application for OS X and iOS that allows users to create music or podcasts. For PC and Mac, Audacity. Audacity is an audio editor for recording, slicing, and mixing audio. And again, guys, both of these are free options. The cost option for both Macs and PCs is Adobe Audition. This is what I use to record and edit every single episode of Entrepreneur on Fire. You can purchase access on a monthly basis for $20 through the Adobe Creative Cloud. Skype. In addition to the recording software option you choose, I recommend using Skype to place your interview audio calls and or video calls. When you're recording your interviews via Skype, audio, and video, below are your two best options. For Mac, Ecamm Call Recorder. Automatically record and save audio and video on your Mac. For PC, use Pamela. It does the exact same thing as Ecamm Call Recorder. It automatically records and saves your audio and or video to your PC. Note, I actually record directly from Skype into Adobe Audition using my Personas Fire Studio Mixer, which we're going to talk about right now. Mixer. A mixer is an electronic device for combining, routing, and changing the level, timber, and or dynamics of audio signals. Again, this piece of equipment is optional, but it's nice to have if you want to produce a high-quality podcast. If you're going to go with a high LPR 40 like I do, I utilize the XLR connection to go into this mixer, and it is very important to be able to record on two separate tracks. The Personas Fire Studio project costs $399.95. This mixer is an all-in-one, and in my mind, its best feature is that it allows me to record my audio and my interviewee's audio on those separate tracks. There are a ton of benefits to this, such as silencing out background noise and cutting out parts of the audio if you talk over each other. Well, there you have it. I hope you are way less intimidated now that you know how cost-effective and how few pieces of equipment you actually need to launch your podcast. Chapter three, recording and editing your audio. Videos one, two, three, four, and five are associated with this chapter, listeners, at podcastlaunchvideos.com. Recording. Now that you understand what is needed for equipment, you're ready to press that little red button and start recording. I've created three videos to take you through the process of recording and editing and exporting your audio as an MP3. Video number one is for Audacity, both PC and Mac. Video number two is for GarageBand, which is just Mac. And video three is for Adobe Audition, which is for both a PC and a Mac and is by far my favorite recording software. Videos four and five show you how to record an interview over Skype using both Adobe Audition and Ecamm Call Recorder. Go to podcastlaunchvideos.com for tutorials on how to, one, record your audio, two, edit your audio, three, export as an MP3, which is the format that you will want it in when you submit it to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and BlackBerry, and four, record an interview over Skype using both Adobe Audition and Ecamm Call Recorder.
Chapter four, intros and outros. Listeners, video six is associated with this chapter at podcastlaunchvideos.com. Your intros and outros are time to give your listeners some key calls to action. With your first three episodes, you should use this time to, one, fully explain your podcast. Two, share what you will be bringing to the table each episode. And three, what consistency you will be providing these episodes. Setting your listeners' expectations is incredibly important. I cannot stress this point enough. Entrepreneur on Fire is successful because every day my listeners know there is a fresh episode waiting for them. In your initial episodes, it is very important to let your audience know your production schedule. If you say you're going to release an episode every Wednesday or every other Friday, that's great, but just make sure you stick to your schedule. After your initial release, you can start inserting powerful calls to action in the intros and outros. At Entrepreneur on Fire, I change it up all the time. When I first launched, I asked my audience for an iTunes rating and review if they enjoyed the episode. Then I asked for listeners to come back on entrepreneuronfire.com to join my email list. Now I have a rotating schedule of seven intros and outros where I remind listeners of different products or services that I've created and where they can find them. To conclude, remember that as the host, you have earned the right to use your intro and outro to promote yourself or your business. You are providing great content to your listeners for free and a respectable, genuine call to action at the top and bottom of your episode will be received cordially. I have found that 60 seconds is the max for your intro. You should be diving into your content at the minute mark or before. You can go a little longer with the outro since people who are sticking around after you've concluded the main part of the episode obviously still have some interest in what you have to say. One final piece of advice. Don't make the mistake of recording a long rambling intro. People have an incredible amount of choices to make these days. And if you cannot convince them quickly that the choice they've made to listen to the content that you're providing is worthwhile, then they will click the back button and be out of your life forever. Resources that you can use to create an intro and outro. Musicbakery.com. This is a great place to purchase royalty-free music to add to your intro and outro. Pond5.com similar to Music Bakery. Make sure you do spend the money, guys, to obtain royalty-free music. This will ensure that you avoid legal entanglements down the road. TimThePage.com. That's T-I-M-P-A-I-G-E.com. This guy is a friend of mine. He is part of Podcasters Paradise, and he has an incredible intro, outro, and jingle company where he does it all for you. He packages it up, and it is incredibly reasonably priced. TimThePage.com. Check it out. Fiverr.com, guys. F-I-V-V-R.com. This site allows you to find a voice artist that you like and submit a job to them for just $5. You get what you pay for, but I've found some diamonds in the rough here. In video number six, I show you how to add an intro and outro to your audio recording in Adobe Audition. Again, go to podcastlaunchvideos.com for access to every video tutorial. Chapter five, 
tagging, uploading, and embedding your MP3. Videos seven, eight, and nine are associated with this chapter at podcastlaunchvideos.com. Now you know how to record your audio, edit to your fancy, and export as an MP3. Now it's time to, one, tag the MP3 file, two, upload to your media host, and three, schedule the release to the major directories, iTunes, Stitcher, and BlackBerry. Tagging. This is the process of adding your artwork, 1400 by 1400, show title, description, and copyright information into the MP3 before you upload. This will ensure, one, your artwork shows up in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and the BlackBerry store. Two, your title and description are viewable when a person subscribes and listens. And I have created a video, number seven, that takes you step-by-step process through the opening your MP3 using the free software ID3 editor, tagging the necessary information, and uploading and updating this information onto your MP3. Go to podcastlaunchvideos.com for access to every video tutorial. It's important to note that at the time of this publication, iTunes was highly recommending that your podcast artwork come in the format of 1400 by 1400. Make sure you check that that is still what it's supposed to be. It might be a little higher now, but it's been 1400 by 1400 for quite some time. And if you do not have a designer, again, Fiverr.com is a great place to get designs for just $5. You get what you pay for here, but there are a lot of talented people on this network who provide a great value. If you really want to step it up, 99designs.com slash fire is a great way and a great place to get killer artwork. And using that slash fire will get you a $99 power pack for free. Media host. Securing a media host is a necessary expense for producing a podcast. If you try and store your MP3s on your website and your podcast becomes popular, your site speed will suffer dramatically. This is because listeners will eat up all your bandwidth while streaming the episode straight from your site. Amazon S3 allows you to store your media files for a very low cost and charges you by the bandwidth you use. My recommended media host and the one that I use for my multiple podcast is Liberated Syndication or Libsyn.com, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. They are a media host dedicated to podcasters and provide an incredible format that will host your media, publish your podcast, and allow you to utilize their unlimited bandwidth for all one month set cost. Plans run between $5 and $75 a month depending upon your usage. Entrepreneur on Fire is one of nine affiliates with Libsyn. So if you want to receive the remainder of your first month and the second month for free, enter the code FIRE when you're setting up your account and you'll get hooked up. I've created another video, number eight, that takes you through the following step by step. One, setting up a Libsyn account. Two, adding artwork, a show description, categories, and other necessary details to your account. Three, uploading your media to Libsyn. Four, adding your title and description. Five, publishing your podcast. 
six, scheduling time-specific releases of your podcast. And guys, don't forget the code FIRE because you'll get up to two months for free. And go to podcastlaunchvideos.com to access every video tutorial. And if you have a website, you're going to want to stream your podcast on your site. Many visitors will appreciate the opportunity to listen while they browse. I created a video tutorial, number nine, that takes you through the following step by step. One, how to download and install the WordPress plugin for PowerPress. Two, how to find and copy the direct download URL from Libsyn.com. Three, how to paste that URL into your PowerPress plugin to allow your podcast to be streamed or downloaded from the post of your choice. Go to podcastlaunchvideos.com to access this tutorial. Chapter six, submitting your podcast to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and BlackBerry. Video number 10 is associated with this chapter, which can be found at podcastlaunchvideos.com. So let's step back for a moment, listeners. Now that you have the skills necessary to record, export, tag, upload, schedule, and post, what's next? It's finally time to submit your podcast to the three major directories, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and BlackBerry. I've created a video, number 10, that walks you through the entire process. It shows you how to access your RSS feed from Libsyn, submit this feed to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and BlackBerry, and then sit back, wait for your podcast to be accessible by the world. Once you've submitted your feed and it has been accepted, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and BlackBerry will automatically update every time you publish or release a new podcast from Libsyn. It's all automatic. And go to podcastlaunchvideos.com to access every video tutorial. Chapter 7, Launching Your Podcast Right. Video number 11 is associated with this chapter at podcastlaunchvideos.com. This chapter is going to be focused on launching your podcast the right way instead of the way that 99% of podcasters launch. iTunes is a destination that millions of listeners are going to every day in search of content. For podcasters, this is a goldmine because every day people are learning about the on-demand, targeted, passionate, and free content that podcasts provide, and they begin their search for ones that best fit their passions. The new and noteworthy. The absolute best real estate in the entire podcast universe is the new and noteworthy section in the iTunes podcast store. The first two rows that you see are titled new and noteworthy podcasts. To be featured in the new and noteworthy section, you need to one, have a podcast that's been released within the last eight weeks, two, have a large enough subscriber base, three, have a substantial amount of downloads, and four, have a growing number of five-star ratings and reviews. I have published multiple podcasts on the iTunes platform, and I can tell you from firsthand experience that it does not take many subscribers, downloads, or five-star reviews to get you into the new and noteworthy section. There are simply not many podcasts that fit the new and noteworthy requirement. In this chapter, I'm going to make sure that your podcast does. I really want to stress the point that you have a mere eight weeks to be featured within the best podcast advertising real estate on the planet. You need to make sure you are taking full advantage of every single one of these glorious 56 days. Entrepreneur on Fire was ranked as a number one 
business podcast in iTunes, new and noteworthy, for all eight weeks. And the organic traffic I received as a result of this was huge. This placement has a phenomenal snowball effect because once you appear in the new and noteworthy, listeners who show up to search for content see you right away. They check you out, subscribe to your podcast, drive up your download numbers, which in turn drives up your ranking in iTunes. And soon enough, you're being found more often and easily. So the question is this, how can you maximize this incredible opportunity? Below, I list out the key actions that you must take prior to and during your launch, why they are so important and why they will be so effective. Pre-launch, make sure you're doing these activities before you launch. One, build your platform. Once you launch and people start to enjoy the content of your show, they're gonna want a headquarters so they can learn more. You need a system that allows your listeners to share their wants, needs, desires, and most importantly, their email addresses. Two, create a website. You need to start with a website that will be your home base and adds value to your listeners. This is where everything will spring from, and this is yours alone, and you have control. If you go to entrepreneuronfire.com, you will find a fully functioning site where I post and stream every episode, including a show notes page that sums up each show. This drives traffic back to my website, where I can then offer my listeners a lot of great value. I also have a resources page, which offers affiliate links, coaching sessions, and other valuable resources that in addition to helping listeners, helps Entrepreneur on Fire earn money. I will delve more into this in a future chapter. Start an email list, guys. That's number three. One of your top priorities with producing a podcast and growing an audience is to simultaneously be growing an email list. There is no better way to connect with your fans and listeners than through their inbox. And as you can see at Entrepreneur on Fire, it is a priority on my site. Front and center is the feature box. Join and receive our ebook. I've grown my email list to over 7,000 subscribers this way, and it is one of my most valuable commodities. I recommend AWeber to those just starting out as it's very affordable and easy to use. Number four is be social. Your listeners all have their favorite social media sites, and you have to make sure that you have a platform to share your show on each and every one of them. I have a virtual assistant, a VA, who works 40 hours a week managing my Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and Google Plus accounts. Now, I'm not saying that you need a VA when you first launch, but I do want to illustrate how seriously I take social media, and the rewards of this attitude are evident to me daily. At the time of this publication, Entrepreneur on Fire had over 8,000 Facebook fans, over 17,000 Twitter followers, and huge audiences on Google+, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. I interact with listeners on each of these platforms daily, and I can say with confidence that social media has really helped get Entrepreneur on Fire's name out to as large of an audience as possible. Number five, create multiple episodes. Before you launch, have at least three shows completed and publish all three at the same time. Almost every show launches with one measly episode. This is a huge mistake for a number of reasons. When people stumble across a podcast that only has one episode, they're going to wonder whether or not it's a serious show. Listeners have seen their fair share of one and done podcasts. 
If people see just one episode and decide to give it a try, they will likely just listen and not subscribe since there's really nothing to subscribe to. This will diminish your chances of obtaining subscribers significantly, and this is a key factor in iTunes rankings. Let's say 100 people find your podcast the first week. If you only have one episode available, you will get 100 downloads. If you have three episodes, people will likely subscribe and download all three episodes because it's just one press of the button to do so. Presto, you now have 300 downloads, a ton of subscribers, and your chances of popping into New and Noteworthy just skyrocket. And as I explained earlier, once you're in New and Noteworthy, the magical snowball effect begins. So sit back, let the organic traffic come in, and let the downloads roll in as well. Go to podcastlaunchvideos.com for access to every one of these video tutorials, guys. On to chapter eight. Chapter eight. Building your audience. Video 12 is associated with this chapter at podcastlaunchvideos.com. So listeners, you have taken all the right steps and your podcast is about to go live. Now what? Hitting the submit button in iTunes does not translate into having your podcast appear immediately iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and BlackBerry all have a review process where they approve each podcast, and it can take anywhere from four to 72 hours, depending on the day of the week you submit and their current backlog. Entrepreneur on Fire was accepted six hours after submission, whereas another podcast I did, The Great Business Experiment, Kickstarter, took closer to 72 hours. Note that I did submit the latter on a Friday over a Christmas holiday. That probably has something to do with it. Before we progress any further, let me take a second to pat you on the back. You did it. That was a lot of hard work you just put in. And let me be the first to say, congratulations. Focus. Follow one course until success. Your focus now is to maximize the eight weeks of new and noteworthy eligibility that you have. Your podcast episodes are live. You need subscribers, downloads, ratings, and reviews. Here's what's next. Platform. This is where your platform comes in, and you are your best advocate. Reach out to everyone, family, friends, your social media, Facebook fans, Twitter followers, past interviewees, upcoming interviewees, anybody with an iTunes account, and simply ask them to take a minute to subscribe and give your show an honest rating and review. I've created a quick video, number 12, that you are free to use and share. It will take your listeners through a step-by-step process of how to submit a rating and review in iTunes. Go to podcastlaunchvideos.com for access to every video tutorial. At this point, you've done more to set your show up for success than 99% of other podcasters out there. Continue to focus, continue to produce incredible content, and continue to ask people to subscribe, rate, and review your show. Entrepreneur on Fire has over 1,000 five-star ratings, all given in less than 15 months. I started like you with zero, and every time someone emails me to thank me for the show, I thank them for listening, and then I ask for a rating as an extension of their thanks. I also let every interviewee that I have on the show know that a rating and review from them would hold a lot of weight. This method will gain you ratings and reviews at a very steady rate. The average podcast has less than 10 reviews, so you'll soon catapult past them in this department and subsequently in the rankings as well. 
Remember, you are providing great value and content for free, and most people welcome the opportunity to say thanks. You just have to provide them with this opportunity in a kind and friendly manner. Momentum. Entrepreneur on Fire currently generates an excess of 15,000 downloads every day from people in over 145 countries, and that number continues to grow as more and more people discover and subscribe to the show. How did I build my audience from zero on September 22nd, 2012 to over 450,000 every month, a mere 15 months later? As always, I share all. During the summer of 2012, I interviewed 40 entrepreneurs in order to prepare for Entrepreneur on Fire's launch. I knew I was taking on a lot of pressure by pledging out of the gates to be the only podcast that interviewed one incredible entrepreneur seven days a week. I also knew that in order to get my momentum going, I needed to launch with a large buffer and keep that buffer steady. For someone producing a weekly podcast, eight podcasts in the can would be equivalent to this. So no need to be scared by the number 40 if you don't plan on hosting a daily podcast. I launched on September 22nd. Three podcasts went live on launch day, and one more episode went live every day thereafter, according to my schedule. Now that Entrepreneur on Fire was live, I began to, began to implement all the techniques I outlined above. Every morning, my first activity was to reach out to that day's interviewee and let them know that their interview was live and that I would be honored if they would share with their audience. I made sure I had scheduled posts lined up for Facebook, Twitter, Google+, LinkedIn that would go out periodically throughout the day to catch people who would be interested in listening to that day's show. This tactic works. Every day, my guest shares their wonderful interview with their massive audience. My guest audience jumps on the opportunity to listen to their beloved entrepreneur, and many become subscribers after enjoying the fascinating journey that their favorite entrepreneur shares. Once they find out it's a daily podcast, they begin to look forward to each new episode. This initial push got Entrepreneur on Fire into the new and noteworthy section, and suddenly hundreds of people were discovering Entrepreneur on Fire daily as he came to iTunes in search of inspiring and motivating content. In the middle of October, Entrepreneur on Fire was averaging over 1,000 unique downloads a day, and by November, that number was over 2,500. In December, it jumped to 3,500, and by mid-January, Entrepreneur on Fire was averaging over 5,000 unique downloads every day. And as of this publication, Entrepreneur on Fire reached 26,860 downloads in a single day. Still not convinced that podcasting is catching on? If you are producing a weekly or bi-weekly podcast, you should not compare your download numbers to these as you simply will not have as many downloads possible with fewer episodes available. With that said, you should be seeing a similar trend of a growing audience if you are doing everything we outlined above. In summation, you should build an audience with content, consistency, and promotion in that order. Content is king. No matter how consistent you are or how great you are about promoting, without great content, nobody will share and nobody will return. Also, without consistency, listeners will have a hard time trusting that you're going to continue to produce great content worthy of the time that they're investing. Finally, promotion. 
No one should be a bigger advocate of the podcast that you're producing than you are. Fire Nation sees how much time and effort I spend promoting Entrepreneur on Fire, and they know that I'm standing behind my show and putting my reputation on the line every single day. Go to podcastlaunchvideos.com to access every video tutorial. Chapter 9, Monetization. The most recurring question that I'm asked in interviews, emails, after speeches, and in general is, how do you make money? (laughs) Now, this is a fair question. With the amount of time, effort, and value that most people devote to their podcast, it only seems fair that you should be compensated financially. However, it's important to go about this the right way and understand that you need to be seen as a person providing value first and foremost. If you're successful in doing this, the money will follow. As past guest of Entrepreneur on Fire, MJ DeMarco stated, if you want to make millions, you have to help millions. I've adjusted that slightly for Entrepreneur on Fire to read, if you want to make millions, you have to inspire millions. I like the word inspire for Entrepreneur on Fire because my goal is to inspire and motivate my listeners to have the courage to pursue their dreams. What's your big, hairy, audacious goal, listener? In September of 2013, Entrepreneur on Fire began publishing our income reports to share all of our earnings, expenses, successes, and failures. I recommend studying these to see which strategies appeal to you and then try some implementation. Here are some details. Affiliate Commission. EntrepreneurOnFire.com receives around 2,000 unique visits every day, all of which is traffic driven straight from the podcast. People arrive at entrepreneuronfire.com because they want to learn more about Fire Nation and because they want to further their knowledge about entrepreneurship. My resources page is one of the top three highest traffic pages on my site and is a compilation of all the resources I recommend to Fire Nation as they start their journey. I have used every one of the resources that I recommend, and I have affiliate relationships with each vendor. When a visitor clicks on a link from my resources page, a unique URL alerts the vendor that they came from my page. If a purchase is made, I receive a commission. In the 15 months following the launch of Entrepreneur on Fire, my resources page was responsible for over $50,000 in affiliate sales. This is not necessarily retire early money, but it's nothing to shy away from either. On this note, to drive even more affiliate commissions through my Bluehost affiliate link, I created a seven-minute video tutorial for anybody that uses that link, and I promote this on entrepreneuronfire.com. Coaching. As I've mentioned before, one of the great benefits of being a podcaster is that you're in the ears of your listeners. A majority of my audience consumes Entrepreneur on Fire on their way to work, while at the gym, or while taking their dog for a walk. This is a captive and engaged audience who hears your voice day after day, episode after episode. If the content you provide is great, they begin to know, like, and trust you. When entrepreneurs are ready to take their own leap, they often look for coaches, mentors to guide them through the unknown terrain they're about to face. When you host a show, you gain instant credibility and authority in your niche, and you have the opportunity to develop an intimate connection with your audience. When it comes time for your audience to reach out to someone for guidance, you're a perfect candidate. You are looked at as an authority figure 
in your particular field, and you can impart priceless knowledge and experience upon your mentees and earn a great income while doing so. When I began the journey of creating Entrepreneur on Fire, I reached out to a mentor in my field, Jamie Tardy of The Eventual Millionaire, and I paid her $1,000 a month for three months to be my mentor. That investment proved to be invaluable as the advice she gave me, the connections that she was responsible for making, and the technical advice that she shared allowed me to save an incredible amount of time, heartache, and money in the long run. At Entrepreneur on Fire, I currently offer a mentorship program now, and I have made the decision to keep my number of students at a minimum. However, depending on your goals, you can develop as large a coaching program as you desire, whether it be one-on-one format, a small group, or even a large mastermind. If you want to learn more about the Entrepreneur on Fire mentorship program, which comes directly through me, go to eofire.com slash mentor. I currently mentor a maximum of four mentees at a time and often have a long wait list. My mentees pay me $1,500 per month to be mentored by myself. So listeners, that's $6,000 per month in income or $72,000 per year. So real money can come from being a mentor and I think it's something that most podcast hosts should definitely at least consider as again, you are becoming an authority in your field. Masterminds. With the mentality that I wanted to impact entrepreneurs on a personal level, I launched an elite mastermind group called Fire Nation Elite. We are currently a closed mastermind as we decided to cap at 100 members, but you can always find out more and join the waitlist at firenationelite.com. Fire Nation Elite is a great way that I have created recurring revenue as each member pays quarterly to be part of the mastermind and that generates $13,500 every single month. Now again, if you want to learn more about Fire Nation Elite, specifically of what it involves so maybe you can implement something very similar in your business, go to firenationelite.com. I have a great video there. It can really give you exactly what we offer and how we operate and it could be a great starting point for you leading your tribe. Sponsorships. Listeners, Entrepreneur on Fire currently generates over $40,000 every single month on sponsorship revenue alone. And so this is a pretty complicated and in-depth topic. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to include a bonus chapter right after this chapter, chapter nine. There's going to be a bonus chapter and then there's the conclusion. And in this bonus chapter, guys, I'm going to share with you the audio version of a very long and detailed article that I posted specifically on podcast sponsorships. So this will be incredibly in-depth. It will walk you through so many things. And if you want to actually sit down and read that article and see the actual graphs and the images that we have, just go to eofire.com slash podcast sponsorships, and you'll be able to check that post out. So this is going to be the end of chapter nine. The next chapter, the bonus chapter will be all things sponsorships, all the goods. I can't wait to share that with you. So we're going to conclude chapter nine here, and I'll see you in the bonus chapter. Well, hello, Fire Nation, and welcome to the bonus episode of podcast sponsorships, all the goods. 
We just released this post on entrepreneuronfire.com and I just wanted to share an audio version of it for all you podcasters and all you aspiring podcasters out there who are kind of curious about what the deal with podcast sponsorships are. I decided to sit down, I wrote this article, I gave away all my knowledge, a lot of great templates are included on the blog post itself. So here we go, I hope you enjoy. So when I launched Entrepreneur on Fire back in September of 2012, I had no idea what the source of my income would be, but I did know that if I provided enough amazing content and value to my listeners for free, that the income side of things would fall into place. Here's a Zig Ziglar quote for you. You can have everything in life you want if you will just help other people get what they want. It's a great quote, Fire Nation, and a great way to go about your business. Sure enough, at the six-month mark, my download numbers and ranking in iTunes had begun to attract sponsors who started to approach Entrepreneur on Fire. The month of April 2013 turned out to be our first five-figure month, $12,584 to be specific, with 85% of the revenue generated coming straight from sponsorships. To celebrate Entrepreneur on Fire's one-year anniversary in September of 2013, we decided to begin releasing a monthly income report. September proved to be a record month with over 50K in gross revenue, and we blew the doors off in October and had our first six-figure month. Today, sponsorships make up about 40% of Entrepreneur on Fire's monthly income as we have introduced products and services, Fire Nation Elite and Podcasters Paradise, that account for a large percentage of our total revenue. The rest of this audio blog is going to be focused on sponsorships, specifically best practices and approaches, as well as a lot of personal opinions, my personal opinions. In November alone, Entrepreneur on Fire generated over $40,000 in sponsorship revenue, which we will be revealing in detail in our next income report coming out the first week in December. Podcasting has arrived, it's exciting, and we are just getting started. So jump on, guys, and hang on tight. All things sponsorships. So let's get real, Fire Nation. Can you start a podcast today and have sponsors lined up at your doorstep tomorrow? No. Can you start a podcast today about a niche that you're passionate about and knowledgeable about? Work hard for a significant amount of time, six months, a year, build a captive and engaged audience, and then have sponsors beating down your door to get in front of your listeners? Yes. Let's take a moment to turn back the clock and go through my first six months, which we'll call the pre-sponsorship days. I launched on September 22nd, 2012 to four days of crickets, aka no downloads. Zero, zip, and zilch if you don't count my own personal downloads. Then, as my guests began sharing their interviews with their massive audiences, the download numbers, they began to climb. Next thing I knew, I was ranking high on the new and noteworthy list, which began to drive a ton of organic traffic my way. My first email every morning was to my guests whose interview went live that day, stating, Gary, thank you so much for sharing your amazing journey on Entrepreneur on Fire. I would be honored if you would share with your audience. Here are the links if you decide to do so. Thank you again for igniting the world. Corny, yes. Effective, double yes. 
Soon, with a combination of Entrepreneur on Fire being shared with massive audiences daily and the organic traffic resulting from ranking high and new and noteworthy, the Entrepreneur on Fire snowball effect was rolling. Our guests started sharing Entrepreneur on Fire with their audiences, which resulted in more downloads. More downloads resulted in higher rankings in new and noteworthy. Higher rankings in new and noteworthy resulted in more organic downloads. And every day, more coal was being added to the fire. Within two and a half months, Entrepreneur on Fire was generating over 100,000 unique downloads a month. This success landed me a speaking engagement at New Media Expo Blog World, Vegas, in January of 2013. This is the same conference I had attended just six months prior, like a baby fawn with eyes wide open at this crazy world of online entrepreneurs that literally just days before I knew nothing about. The conference was powerful, and the credibility from speaking at New Media Expo in Vegas landed Entrepreneur on Fire interviews with Tim Ferriss and Barbara Corcoran in rapid succession. Then things really started taking off. In February of 2013, I published Podcast Launch, which is a step-by-step guide to launching your podcast. Podcast Launch immediately became the number one ranked book in Amazon on podcasting and remains so with over 160 five-star reviews. Podcast Launch established Entrepreneur on Fire and myself as an authority figure of source on podcasting. And because of that, other opportunities began to appear. In mid-March, I was approached by three sponsors. I kindly replied by asking for a week to consider the opportunity, and then I immediately got on the phone with a friend and fellow podcaster who had been in this game for a while to ask for some unbiased advice. During our conversation, I found out what sponsors have come to expect from sponsorships and podcast hosts alike. The remainder of this audio blog is what I learned on that call and in the eight months that followed while working with over 15 sponsors for Entrepreneur on Fire. I'm about to share the industry standard. Always remember that you, Mr. or Mrs. Podcaster, are the host of your show and should propose any arrangement that you feel is best for you and your listeners. If the interested sponsor is not game, bye-bye. I only partner with sponsors who will add value to Fire Nation and never hesitate to turn away sponsors that do not have my listeners' best interests at heart. I've created many valuable relationships this way, and many of my current sponsors stay with Entrepreneur on Fire month after month because I strive to create a win-win in every partnership, and I'm about to share how and why. On to the main events, the industry standard. The current industry standard podcast sponsorship is a combo of a 15-second pre-roll and a 60-second mid-roll. Pre-roll. Prior to launching the main content, the host will talk about the sponsor's product or service for 15 seconds. On Entrepreneur on Fire, our pre-rolls are right after the intro music. And at eofire.com slash podcast sponsorships, I have a sample. Mid-roll. A lot of flexibility here. Typically inserted somewhere between the 40 to 70% mark of the podcast. The host will talk about the sponsor's product or service for 60 seconds this time, often sharing a personal story if possible. On Entrepreneur on Fire, our minerals are right before the lightning rounds, which puts them close to the 70% mark on most episodes. Again, I have another example at eofire.com slash podcast sponsorships. 
Another opportunity for sponsorships is during the outro. Entrepreneur on Fire has experimented with this for the first time in Q4 of 2013 with great results. This is the last call to action your listeners will hear. And on Entrepreneur on Fire, it's proving to be a call to action that is driving results. Pricing model, CPM versus CPA. There are three different routes you can take with your sponsors. Cost per mile, CPM. Cost per thousand views, or in the podcast world, listens. CPA is cost per acquisition, the cost to acquire one customer. The third route you can take is, hey, you name the price. The sponsors say yes or no. This model is way underrated for newer shows, and I personally like it. Remember, this is your show. Let's talk a little bit about cost per mile, CPM. This is the only way that I currently deal with sponsors. If a sponsor wants to partner with Entrepreneur on Fire, I will send them a proposal, and an example template is at the end of the article on the website. They can either accept, reject, or negotiate. Negotiating has not been a great option for interested sponsors of Entrepreneur on Fire, as we receive way more inquiries, demands, than we could ever accept. Supply. My Q4 sponsorship inventory was 100% sold out by September, so my current sponsors accepted my proposal, which is based off the current industry standards, and those who tried to negotiate missed out on reaching Entrepreneur on Fire's massive audience with their message. So what are these industry standards anyhow? A 15-second pre-roll commands $18 per 1,000 CPMs. A 60-second mid-roll commands $25 per 1,000 CPMs. And again, guys, CPMs are listens. For ease of math purposes, let's say your podcast averages 10,000 listens per episode. 18 times 10 for the 10,000 listens equals $180. That is the cost to sponsor one episode for a pre-roll. 25 times 10 for the 10,000 listens equals $250, which is what it costs to sponsor a mid-roll. Therefore, your 10,000 per episode podcast would cost a sponsor $430 for a pre-roll, mid-roll combo. So let's say you allow two sponsors per episode. Now you are making $860 per episode. Four episodes a month, that's $3,440. Eight episodes, 6880 30 episodes, $25,800. And guys, now you can see why I love doing a daily show. And guys, I know all those numbers might be a little confusing on an audio broadcast, but go to eofire.com slash podcast sponsorships and seeing it written down in the post will make a lot of sense. The above model is only the industry standard, and I have structured deals with both higher and lower CPMs, but most of my deals are at this CPM rate. A common question is, how do I know what my average listens are so I can determine my CPM rate? Great question, guys. Look at the download numbers of your episodes starting at six weeks out. You can let your download numbers build up for these six weeks, guys. Remember, you are guaranteeing a minimum number of downloads, so you need to be confident that you are fulfilling your end of the contract. Once you see that every episode is over a certain number of downloads by week six, that's your CPM. You can adjust this as often as monthly. I personally adjust it quarterly. 
To be clear, sponsors only care about how many downloads you are guaranteeing for the specific episode they are sponsoring. Go to your stats, look at the downloads you have per episode, and use that information to find your CPM rates. Cost per acquisition, CPA. One of the first ways I started monetizing with Entrepreneur on Fire is with this model. In Podcaster's Paradise, I have a great video tutorial that walks you through the entire process of setting up a partnership with Audible where you get paid $15 for every single person that you send to their sales page that results in a sign-up for a free audiobook and free 30-day membership. There were a couple of months in a row where I generated between two dollars and $3,000 every month using this model, and it was making Audible very happy. For those of you that have heard me say, eofirebook.com, that's eofirebook.com, that was its original use. In the Podcaster's Paradise tutorial, I delve into why it was so strategic to use that domain as a forwarding domain instead of the link that Audible provides you. The strategy has allowed me to stay in control of my evergreen content, meaning the podcast that I recorded months ago, and now I use it to power my current sponsor, Audiobooks. So why not bring more sponsors on? Valid question. I will say once again, your podcast is your show and therefore your decisions. However, my opinion on this matter is as follows. I'm a believer in the law of diminishing returns. In this case, I believe having three or more pre-roll and mid-roll sponsors is bad for everyone involved. It's bad for the sponsor as their message is getting diminished, less listener action is being taken, and therefore it's less likely that the sponsor is going to stay with you when it comes time to talk extension. It's bad for the listener. Your listener loves podcasts because it's free, on demand. They don't have to put up with annoying commercials like the radio. Podcast sponsorships work so well because it's you, the host, that's promoting a product or service and your listeners trust you. That trust will deteriorate if you make it seem more about the sponsorships than the listener. My listeners understand that after 30 seconds of me sharing two 15-second sponsorship slots, we dive into the content. 30 seconds is not too much to ask, especially when my sponsors are all relevant to entrepreneurs. It's also bad for the host, you. Why? Your goal is to provide as much value and high-quality content that your listeners not only keep coming back for more, but they tell their friends and family about it. Your goal is to provide great content, increase your listener base, and by default, increase the amount each sponsor pays you per sponsorship. The math is simple. It's better to have two sponsors paying you $430 per episode than three paying you $287 for all the reasons above and every other obvious one. I will never have more than two pre-rolls and two mid-rolls on Entrepreneur on Fire because I care about Fire Nation, and this mentality generated over $40,000 in sponsorship revenue in November of 2013. I will only partner with sponsors that I believe benefit Fire Nation in their entrepreneurial journey. Don't believe me? I was approached by a payday loan company that offered double my going rate to sponsor Entrepreneur on Fire. I do not believe in payday loans for many reasons, especially as a recommendation for Fire Nation. So my answer was simple, no. Saying yes would have generated $18,000 more in sponsorship revenue for Q4. Not even close to worth it. No dollar amount would be. Show the same care for your audience and you will be better serving yourself, 
your sponsor, and most importantly, your listener. So when should I bring on sponsors? My first recommendation to each podcaster that is interested in going the sponsorship route is to sit down. Sit down and think. Sit down and think about the least amount of money it would take for you to dilute your podcast with a sponsorship. Did I just say dilute? Yup, and I meant it. Dilute is not meant as a dirty word here. It's meant as a reality. When you bring on a sponsor, no matter how relevant, no matter how awesome, you are on some level diluting the message of your podcast. You're going to turn off some listeners, although very few if you do it right. You're going to be sending some listeners away on actions that don't involve your platform, and you'll be distracting some focus from the main content of your podcast. Are any of these things bad? No, not really but I bring them up because they should come with a minimum price tag. Sit down and come up with that baseline price tag. Your listeners are valuable. Don't sell them out as otherwise. For me, $500 was my baseline number. I said to myself, if Entrepreneur on Fire could bring in $500 per episode, that would be $15,000 per month at 100% capacity. And that makes sense. Anything less? Nope, not ready yet. In April, I hit that magic number, and my sponsorship revenue has been growing ever since. What's your number? If you know your number, you will be in a much better position come negotiation time with your sponsors. So how do I find sponsors? Within Podcasters Paradise, I have some great video tutorials on how to find the perfect sponsors, how to email them, and how to lock in the best possible rate for your show. For the purposes of this post, I'll share some great tips with you now. What's your niche? What companies currently market to your niche? Is your podcast about raising children? I'm sure Babies RS would love to offer value to your audience. What about fishing? LLB and Cabela's are already lining up. Listen to other podcasts in your niche. Do they have sponsors? If so, a well-crafted email to that sponsor could yield a partnership. It has for me on numerous occasions. You see, guys, the secret's out. Podcast hosts have a captive audience. We have engaged listeners. We have followers that know, like, and trust us. And when we put our stamp of approval on a product or service, that means a lot to our listeners and our sponsors know it. Think of the podcast that you listen to regularly. Don't you feel a closer connection to the host of that podcast than to the author of a blog or some unknown voice of a radio ad? How should I approach sponsors? I've attached a well-crafted email template at the end of the post at eofire.com slash podcast sponsorships that I've used to successfully approach many sponsors. Enjoy. I have interested sponsors. Now what? Now it's time for you to decide what your number is. As discussed above, you should have a minimum. If your downloads don't command that minimum right now, that's fine. Let your sponsors know what your download numbers are and then tell them what it will cost for them to sponsor an episode. They can take it or leave it. You'll be better off for whatever decision they make because you stuck to your guns. At some point, your download numbers will be able to be inserted into the previously mentioned industry standard CPM rate and command a higher price than your minimum baseline number. At that point, it's time to go back to the negotiating table with your sponsor and start increasing the amount you receive per episode. Summation. Fire Nation, I would like to end this post by saying this. Building an audience is an incredible way to build a viable business. 
Podcasting is an amazing vehicle to build an audience, and it's a model that we chose to follow here at Entrepreneur on Fire. Everything I shared here today is to help you turn your podcast or business into a viable one, and I hope you're going to take some of the information provided and create your freedom. We have an amazing community at Podcasters Paradise that's all about you. The 100% focus is on helping you create, grow, and monetize your podcast. We have over 100 video tutorials with more being added every day. There's a vibrant community forum that's buzzing with over 260 incredible podcasters who are building powerful relationships, honing their interview skills, finding guests for their shows, finding shows to be guests on, and connecting with like-minded podcasters to form accountability partnerships and much, much more. Every month I hold a powerful live webinar with a top podcaster and we share everything that's working for them and why. Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income was our first guest. Amy Porterfield of Online Marketing Made Easy is our second. Podcasters Paradise has turned into an incredible place to take your podcast to new heights. We welcome the beginner, intermediate, and expert podcaster alike and there is a boatload of content for each. And guys, we have five templates waiting for you at eofire.com slash podcast sponsorships. Or just go to eofire.com, click on the blog tab, and this article will be right there. We have an email template of how to approach a sponsor for the first time, Entrepreneur on Fire's price chart, which is what we use to send to potential sponsors. We have an email template of our sponsorship proposal. We have the Excel spreadsheet template of the dates and dollars sponsorship proposal. And we have the email template of your interview is live, what we send to our guests the day that their interview actually goes live. So Fire Nation, I really hope you enjoyed this audio blog. I wanted to share with you in the audio format because I know a lot of you just love audio and you're not going to go and read this 2,000 plus word post but you are going to get a ton of value from listening to this podcast. If you're not a current or aspiring podcaster, there were still a lot of business tips, tricks, and tactics in here that I know that you can walk away with and apply to your business. If you are a current podcaster or aspiring podcaster, this can really be a huge help for you if you want to take that leap into the sponsorship game, or if you're already there, taking it to the next level. Podcasters Paradise, guys, is there. It's for you. The community is amazing and it keeps growing every day with wonderful podcasters from around the world joining to add their amazing influence to this great community. I would love to see you there. Check it out at podcastersparadise.com. I'm always available for questions about Podcasters Paradise. It literally is my baby. I'm so passionate about it right below the video at podcastersparadise.com. You can click on a link to set up a 10-minute chat with me if you have any questions specifically about joining Podcasters Paradise because I would love to talk to you, answer those questions, and then welcome you to the community. So Fire Nation, once again, prepare to ignite. Conclusion. If you have followed the steps laid out in the previous chapters and in the video tutorials, then I have no doubt that you have or shortly will release a great podcast. 
Podcasting is an incredible opportunity for anyone looking to venture out into a sparsely populated land that holds vast wealth and resources. You would be joining pioneers like me who are staking our claim in this exciting new world and experiencing an incredible journey every day. I hope that you look at entrepreneuronfire.com as a resource that can help guide you on this journey. Please feel free to reach out to me with any questions that you may have. Oh, and lastly, I would be a horrible mentor if I did not follow my own advice and end this book with one final call to action. If you receive value from the words and videos that I've created for you here, please take a minute to leave a review in the Amazon store for this book, Podcast Launch. It would truly mean a lot to me. And if you submit a review, let me know because I have an incredible bonus video waiting for you at podcastlaunchvideos.com that I will give you the password to to share with you, Mr. or Mrs. Lever of Reviews. Best of luck and prepare to ignite.